What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the show. Great to be with you today. Paul George in studio. Deacon Adam Conk, Chad Uncle Bayro behind All right. the controls. You know, we've done a shift here in the studio. People can't see um, is there's been a change of seats mm-hmm. over the past few weeks, which is a big deal in radio. It is. It's sort of seats. like you know passing the torch. Someone sitting in the control seat, um, driving the submarine the captain of the ship. So Adam has moved seats from control panels. Adam uh, has moved over closer to me. I moved over closer to the corner where I belong. (laughs) You belong in that corner. (laughs) And then Chad has taken control over producing the show. Yep, he's producer Chad. So, which has kind of been cool because you just kind of been learning and then boom. Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, it's been great. And some exciting news. We can fully talk about it. Um, Full disclosure, uh, the Bronco raffle is underway. So anyone around the country, you listen on the podcast or on the radio, KLFT radio locally in Acadiana or on the podcast anywhere in the country, you can go to broncoraffle.com, mm-hmm. which by the way, I do have to brag, was my idea. <laughs> not not selling the Bronco, but the broncoraffle.com website. The domain, yeah. Yeah. So for $20, you buy a raffle ticket. Well, before we move on Our from ticket. that, yeah. I want you to know to be even prouder okay. that when you purchase a domain, one of the first thing that the company will do that you bought it from is mm-hmm. let you know how much that domain is worth. So like you buy all the domains are going to be like $10, but you can auction your domain. Now, some domains are more expensive, but some, yeah, yeah, some that you are kind of creative like, you know, that Yeah. But you can always auction your domain. In fact, some people make a living just buying domains they think will be auctionable and then resell them. For example, the Washington football team, there's people buying up all kinds of domains that are the potential mascots they might choose so that they can then sell it to the Washington football team. For a billion. All right. So the value of the domain that you came up with (laughs) was $1,200. Really? But we bought it for like 10. But to resell it. It's it's auction value. Really? $1,200. Well, look at there. You can be proud of yourself, sir. Yeah, because what's going to happen is it's going to start a trend. People will be like, oh, we should you know, raffle a Bronco, we're going to just go to broncoraffle.com and guess what? We own it. It's ours. <laughs> so anyway, anyone around the country can, you know, buy a ticket, broncoraffle.com mm-hmm. to win a Bronco, which is going to be drawn next year, 2021. What's the drawing um, date? May 15th is the current drawing date. Yeah. And the only reason it would change happen. is because of COVID right. reasons. So you can buy people a Bronco raffle ticket for Christmas. Right. For Mardi Gras. As many as you want. For there Easter. are limited tickets though. Really? So, I mean, it's not drawing till May 15th, but we fully expect tickets to run out. How do you how do you run out of tickets? Well, we didn't want this to be a situation where people buy a ticket and think, oh, there's like a one in a million chance, you know, like the, the lottery, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. be like, oh, I'll just, I'm just throwing my money away. We wanted to make sure, like, you knew that when you bought a ticket, you had pretty good odds. So there are 10,000 tickets being sold. Oh, so your odds go up. And this is yeah. not gambling, right. folks, because I know it's you're not. thinking, oh, it's gambling, because... Actually, your the price of your ticket the the Bronco has been donated, and so the price of the ticket, like what you buy, you have a chance to win the Bronco. Obviously, um, someone's going to win it, um, but all the proceeds go to the radio station, you know, which is a nonprofit radio, Catholic radio, to keep it going, keep it moving, keep it rolling, and that's a really good thing. So, um, even if you don't think you have a chance to win, you do. You do. But your money is going to go to helping us stay on the air. 
and and do what we got to do. So, anyway, it's BroncoRaffle.com. We're excited. We are very excited I here. I can tell you're excited, Paul. Well, the thing I'm not excited about is I don't think I can buy a ticket because I right. cause I, um, I'm part of the show. A little disappointing. So. The new Broncos are beautiful. But I'm going to have all my kids buy one. <laughs> well, they better get it quick because you got several kids. So I know. We, are, we already sold. We've only been on for five days. We've already sold quite a bit of tickets. That's sweet. Awesome. Yeah. All right, Chad, do you have a have you seen this week? What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real though? For real though. For real though. So good news. <laughs> good news? Good or? news. Really good news. Okay. Um, I didn't think we'd see a vaccine come out before 2020 ended. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those years, right. you know, that things are supposed to happen and they don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Pfizer vaccine has been delivered, at least here in Lafayette, to uh, our local hospitals, and people have been able to receive the vaccine for COVID. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. In a lot of places around the country. Now you say good right. news. You know, I have seen this obviously in the news. I mean, it'd be hard not to see it. That the vaccine is out. You know, when they said it would come wait, out wait, before the end a of the year. <laughs> <laughs> but you say good news. Not everybody thinks it's good news. Uh, yeah, so I do hear that too. There's quite the debate out there, um, and I haven't entered into that. You know. Am I going to take it? Who takes it? You know, I know people, particularly on the front lines of the medical industry, you know, doctors, nurses are, you know, I don't know who is and who isn't. Some people are posting. Like they do with other vaccines, right? They take those too. Yeah. um, But the fact that it's out and the fact that I guess for a lot of folks is bringing a sense of hope, maybe that, you know, it'll slow the spread of the virus. It'll help those who are most vulnerable not to die. It sort of signals like a beginning of the end. Maybe. Right. You know, it's like this might stop. Yeah. Then there's controversy around it, right? Of like, is the vaccine what are the side effects? You know, um, you know, do I take it? You know, can I wait long enough to see, like, you know, what are the side effects? Does it get better? You know, um, and then my sense of humor just goes off the rails because I start <laughs> thinking, like, you know, what if, like, you know, there was some funny side effects that didn't happen to other people happened like, to me, like two heads, like what, Paul? I don't like my face got paralyzed or something, <laughs> you know, like, be, you know, I got cross-eyed, you know, and just, you know, something funny like that. That's funny. So, <laughs> to, to me, not to it other sounds people. Sounds pretty bad. To me. Like, I think about yeah. it happening to me, not right, to other right. people. Like, I don't wish anything on other people. Um, but, you know, it, it's been, but here's the, the big controversy. So if you are, you know, you know, into your faith, big controversy is um, the companies who are developing the vaccine or they're using fetal tissue from abortions mm-hmm. to develop the vaccine, right? That's sort of the big issue in Catholic circles because obviously we're pro-life. We, you know, obviously don't believe in abortion right. or using, you know, dead fetuses that were aborted to, you know, for this cause. So that's kind of been the debate and the thing out there. Yeah, we do have a responsibility to help push these companies to figure out different ways to develop vaccines and test vaccines and find, you know, the cell lines or whatever that they need to find to develop vaccines. Fortunately, the USCCB has commented on it. Mm-hmm. And um, and our local bishop, bishop diocese has commented on it. Along with the other Louisiana bishops. They did like this joint statement. Yeah. Right. Right. On, on uh, the vaccines being ethical or not and... Yeah, making the making the push for better developed vaccines. Yeah. So there is that push for those of you guys wondering out there, and there are companies that are developing a vaccine that doesn't use fetal tissue. I ha- I've been doing some reading on this, but I'm not 
I'm not on the frontline expert of like what's the latest, so I'm not the yeah, one to go not. to. But I'm certainly going to do just like voting. I'm going to do my own. I'm going to do research. I'm going to do studying uh, before I vote. Right. Uh, I'm going to do it all uh, before I take a vaccine. Right. What mm-hmm. are the side effects? Uh, what are the moral, um, you know, ethical, you know, things connected to this vaccine? Right. We've all taken vaccines, at least most of us. You know, my kids have had them. They, you have to have certain vaccines before you go into a college campus. You know, there's certain, but they've been around for so long, you know, they know all about it. Here, Here's the thing that scares me about a vaccine. This is just me. Like, once you take a vaccine, you can't take it back. Like, you can't get it out of your body, right? So it's not like, hey, let me, um, you know, put a battery in your arm. The battery doesn't work. We'll replace it with another battery. This is this they you know like <laughs> once it's in your system like it's no like oh no take it take it away it's 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 like it's done you know it's done you know it's kind of like I don't know yeah it's 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 it's, it's a, a forever decision it's a forever decision yeah which kind of boggles my mind that young people that tend to be afraid to commit to anything are like all cool with the vaccine I don't know just they're not as afraid that's, of it seems that way that's anyway. a good point. Yeah, I mean it is a big commitment, yeah. but then they also do it's, like it's a bigger. They also get tattoos and stuff. And right, right, <laughs> right. That's pretty similar. Sticking needles in your arm. Yeah, you know. So you know, for all of us, this is kind. Of, this is a conversation that's happening out there. The vaccine. Do I take it? Do I not? I know a lot of people who are like, aren't even thinking twice. I'm going to take it no matter what. I know some people who were patiently waiting to see sort of the the side effects, and maybe they'll they'll kind of you know, work out those kinks and then they'll take it. And then some people are like, I'm never taking it. And then, you know, some people are uh, doing their research, which they should on the ethical and moral sort of connections to the companies that are developing yada, yada. I think we should all, you know, and I, the bishops did say, you know, we, we, we should form our conscience and do our own research in um, making the decision for the vaccine. Right. Yeah, and remember, a moral decision has many layers to it. And the statement that was put out by the USCCB and then communicated to us through the Louisiana bishops expresses uh, a moral truth about whether or not it's okay to take a particular vaccine from Moderna or not. Um, they said that on the ground of, is it a participation in the abortion that happened? No, it's not a participation in the abortion that happened, which is true, like morally speaking. It's right. not like I am participating or even benefiting in a in a uh, in a close way to the death of a person, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that like it's all good, right? Mm-hmm. See, what I'm saying there's different layers to moral decisioning. It's just like voting, right? You got to weigh all kind of factors and then form your own decision. And so don't don't let a statement or a social media post decide for you what you're going to do and what you're going to tell people. One of the worst things we could do as Catholics is spout out a bunch of uninformed opinions about things that uh, then convince other Catholics that it would be morally unacceptable to do something that, in fact, it is not morally unacceptable. To so do. I'll give you an example of this. and Maybe people who are listening. It happened to me this week. So I saw a post, kind of read about it, kind of alarmed me. I was like, oh, no, uh, the vaccine, you know, fetal abortions, you know, won't, won't you know, going off. Um, so I... Okay. Um, so anyway, I uh, we got music coming on. It's great. I, <laughs> this, is, this is wonderful. I think that was uh, Pfizer or something was trying to get you off right. here. Yeah, like, exactly. Don't speak about me. <laughs> so anyway, so instead of just it's making an, an immediate conclusion, right, uh, 
I talked to a doctor friend of mine who's very well, obviously versed in vaccines um, and uh, theologically trained, ethically trained, morally trained, you know, like way higher level than I am. So, you know, and what he translated to me through his research and everything is that in one of the companies, um, they used fetal tissue to develop the early stages to get, you know, the, but they didn't use it in the final stage. So the, the actual final vaccine does not have fetal tissue. I was like, I didn't know that. Like, the, mm-hmm. that is something I need to consider and think about. Like, you know, sort of that I, I didn't know that. And, and what, you know, his information kind of made me think and, you know, do a little bit more deeper diving into the whole deal. Yeah, so don't shame people if they say, you know, I'd like to take the vaccine, like you're a bad Catholic or you hate babies, because it's way more nuanced than that. And don't shame people because they're refusing to take the vaccine, because they're, you know, crazy and conspiracy theorists, because it's way more nuanced than that. Don't shame people for making a free choice with their own life. Right. Yeah, usually the life's a little more nuanced than that. Lesson yeah. of the day. Don't shame people. (laughs) Right, Deacon Adam? Yeah, I mean... well, And then here's the other moral issue on the side of taking the vaccine that a lot of people were saying is like, by taking the vaccine, then you're protecting other people, right? Um, So you have a moral obligation to protect other people, you know, because, you know, if you don't take it, you'll get the virus, you'll spread it to other people. I, I, You know, so like you, you have all these sort of moral, you know, sort of, you know, things flying around. Just take some time. Pray, consider, do your research. The church is putting out statements. Yep. They're constantly, in, and they are pushing for um, morally and ethical um, vaccines to be out there. You know, all those things are, are kind of in play. Yeah. So well, it's just an analogy that might help you process some of this in your own conscience, but there, there's an analogy to this with investing money in companies that support abortion. Okay. We it would be sinful for us to invest money in abortion companies for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I was an investor in a Planned Parenthood, I am committing sin by doing that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right. But if I invest my money in a company who then takes some of their profits and donates it to Planned Parenthood or donates to abortions, it is not the same moral situation. There is a difference between those. That doesn't mean it's okay to do. By the way, it just means it's a different moral question. You know, that you're you're not the gravity of it. The gravity of it, but also the act that's being done. I am not benefiting from these people performing abortions. I'm benefiting from this company. The company making a choice for themselves is supporting abortion. But like if I invest in Planned Parenthood, I am benefiting from the death of babies financially. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If I invest in Coca-Cola, and Coca-Cola supports Planned Parenthood. I'm investing in a company that supports abortion, but I'm benefiting from Coke. See what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I'm not benefiting from the act of murder. I'm benefiting from the act of people buying a soda. Right. But that company that I'm supporting is then supporting abortion, which I may decide. You know, I don't think that's a good strategy for life to support companies that support abortion, but it's not the same moral question. And it's like mm-hmm. that with the vaccine. You know, it's it's am I benefiting from the from abortion? It's nuanced. The bishops have said, at least in the vaccine from Moderna, they've seen it's it's more like investing in a company that supports abortion than it is about investing in Planned Parenthood. So anyway, if that analogy is well, helpful to you. Yeah, that's a good analogy. And there's three companies that I know about, Pfizer, Moderna, um, and AstraZeneca. At least what I found out is AstraZeneca, it is 
like that's the one that we should stay away from right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. Um, because its con- connection is pretty um, strong to abortion. The other two, um, you know, are a little bit more, you know, we need to loosely do a little bit, yeah, connected, yeah, loosely connected, and we need to do a little bit more research. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm kind of, you know. W- for us who aren't on the front lines, you know, who knows when we'll have access to the vaccine or have to make that decision. You know, I, I don't know. Um, so anyway, uh, dude, speaking of domains we should buy, right. Should I take this vaccine.com? Mm. <laughs> I wonder if it's even there. Like, come on. What if we, what if we bought the domain? I took this vaccine.com and have like a picture of, both. of like your side effect. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the health care problem. Are you paying too much for your health care cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a health care sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund health care costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show. It was a good break. Great to be with you. Thanks for listening in on the podcast, wherever you are, or on radio, KLFT Radio. Great to be with you. Chad Barrow, Deacon Adam Conk, Paul George here. Um, So anyway... The exciting thing outside of the Bronco raffle and uh, the vaccine <laughs> is, I don't know if you guys know this, but Christmas is next week. What? Yes. I hear oh. it's on the 25th this year. Yes. <laughs> Get out of here. We, we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And honestly, um, you know, I, I love Easter, but I, you know, I love Christmas too. And I could take away all the the celebration of like all the, like the commercial Christmas stuff and just show up on Christmas morning and do that. I love that. Jesus is born. It's his birthday. Let's celebrate. Savior of the world has entered into our atmosphere and our life. This is life changing. This, this should be, you know, our, the course of our destiny has forever changed. You know, when we come around that idea and that reality, like that's huge, Mm -hmm. you know? And, you know, so like, Christmas is happening, and, you know, I don't know what you're thinking about. I don't know what everyone else is thinking about. It's a stressful time. Like, everyone I talk to is a little bit stressful. They're trying to buy their gifts and finish it up, and then, you know, you're trying to wrap up a lot of work stuff, or you're working in the middle of it, and, you know, it's just kind of crazy and wonky. Um, But Christmas is coming. It is here. Christmas is coming. Yeah. Well, remember when COVID first hit, and a lot of folks couldn't go to a mass, couldn't go to church or whatever, and we didn't know how America would react to that. You know, like, what do American Catholics do or, or other Christians that can't go to their uh, their folks? And I think a lot of people had a real spiritual awakening. I've heard of a lot of stories like that where it just kind of shook them up spiritually to focus on what's important. Okay, well, I can't go to Mass, but I'll, 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 I'll watch it. And then they start watching other things, for example, and they start getting more into their faith. I've heard countless stories. I've also heard stories of people just that didn't care anymore about their faith at all because they'd stopped going or whatever. I think Christmas is going to be a bit like that because we're in another big coronavirus spike. You know, it's another situation mm-hmm. where people can't freely do what they normally do. 
And it'll put people in crisis. And I think some people are going to have a really good Christmas. It's going to be simpler. They won't have as much money. A lot of folks, a lot. Unfortunately, the if your small business survived the first situation, uh, losing Christmas income is a big deal. And mm-hmm. they are scared. There are a lot of scared people. They're not going to buy the big gifts this year, and they're not going to ever. So they're going to have to think: What is Christmas really about? You know yeah. what? I, so it well, could be a very good spiritual time. And this segment is sort of like what to do, what not to do for Christmas, right? Because Christmas is coming, and, and you bring up a good point. I'm going to bring up a what not to do for Christmas. So <clears throat> if this year has been tough financially, whatever the case may be, what a lot of people will do, and they'll do it other years as well, despite a pandemic, like just regular, is they'll go in debt over Christmas because they want to buy certain things and so many gifts and and do that whole thing, literally putting debt on their credit card or whatever the case may be. And what that ends up doing is that just adds more stress and anxiety to your life. You know, debt is bondage and it's hard and it, and it, and it kind of pushes you in a corner. And what you don't want to do is go in more debt because of Christmas, you know, but if you could like simplify things and focus on what matters and what's real, which is, you know, even before family is Jesus, the reality of Jesus, and your family coming around the reality of Jesus, that puts everything in perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Debt is the opposite of the Christmas message. You know, he, Jesus came to set us free from the debt of slavery <laughs> of sin. <laughs> right. And so uh, to celebrate that, to go into a little more slavery, especially into the commercialized materialism of the world, in other words... To be a little more enslaved by the world is the opposite of the Christmas Christmas message. You know? Yeah, you made me, you struck some fear into me a little bit. Not that I'm going in debt over Christmas, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so much debt right now. <laughs> <laughs> we I, like, this show should lost. be uplifting. Well, don't feel, you know, don't feel bad, Chad. Like when I know I'm fresh out of college, when, and when Adam was talking about moral dilemmas of investing money. I think, yeah, I haven't had many moral dilemmas in investing money. <laughs> it's the benefit of being poor. <laughs> it's, it's the benefit Which of not having, having to worry about that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, we all want to give our family the best, and we want to make memories for our kids. Um, I think that Christmas is a good time to consider the importance of traditions, in, by the way, of places, people, and activities more than the moment of opening the gifts being the Christmas moment. And kids are prone to let that moment be the moment because that's just their kids. That's what you do. You think about, you know, opening that gift you hope you get, and you think less about, you know, Aunt Carol or or Uncle Chad (laughs) who's in the room with you when you open the gift. As you get older, you begin to appreciate those things, right? And so it doesn't happen automatically. We have to train our children to focus more on the people, the places, and the activities that we're doing um, like worshiping God at Mass or um, singing Silent Night around the Christmas tree, these kinds of activities that are Christmas-centric, they create the memories that you're looking for, not the expensive present. Yeah, I never felt more disconnected from Jesus and the church there when we couldn't go to Mass, right? Mm-hmm. Those Catholics are sacramental. Like There's something very physical about the sacraments, right, and tangible, and I remember, you know, watching it online. It's like, no, nah, this isn't, you know, you know, the same. But there are people who are homebound or dioceses or places where, you know, 
you're still at home for mass and trying to create an atmosphere like maybe do Christmas mass a little bit different than you've been doing mass these past Sundays online to create sort of a place where you can really enter into the reality of what's happening, you know? And, you know, maybe, maybe you can't visit family again. I know Thanksgiving was weird for us. It was just our immediate family. We didn't see anyone like that's just crazy that we're spending holidays like that. And for Christmas that might happen for some of us, maybe a lot of us, how can you create sort of this hope inside your home? Like Jesus being born. So what happens when, you know, you can't go to the party you used to go into, or you can't buy as many gifts as you used to buying, or you can't travel the way you used to travel, or go on a vacation during Christmas. You know, all those things in some ways are taken away from you or one of them. Like, what do you do to replace that, right? And this is what happens in our society, in our world, is we just want to replace it with another fun thing, another superficial consolation, another, you know, piece of food or more money or, you know, an extra, it's like, oh, I lost that one. Let me replace this. This is going to make me happy. What if we like replaced it with Jesus, like the reality of Jesus and just making him known in our home, in our world? So, you know, what are some kind of cool things and traditions that you guys have seen or maybe even done yourself that have just implanted the reality of Christ you know, not taking away the fact that we, we do eat and we do do presents and, you know, but the reality of Christ at Christmas, you know, um, you, one of the things my wife's done every year and, you know, when we first got married, I was like, this is kind of weird. I never did that, you know, but <laughs> it, it, uh, we've done it every year. And for me, it always reminds me of just the very simple reality. It's Jesus' birthday. She's made a birthday cake for Jesus every year. That's awesome. And, I, you know, when my kids were small, they sang happy birthday to Jesus. When they got awkward teenagers, they thought it was really weird, but she, <laughs> she didn't care. She's like, no, it's Jesus' birthday. It's no one else's birthday. It's Jesus' birthday, and I don't care. And I really appreciate that. And every year it just kind of reminds me of like, oh, yeah, it's like it's an actual celebration of Jesus being born. And although, you know, I might not, you know, bake the cake myself or whatever, like, we're celebrating and it does it's in some kind of fun you know weird way it brings the reality of what's really taking place for us Mm -hmm. i have a a friend of mine that married into a family that neither one of us are really raised doing a lot of catholic things for like like catholic traditions i guess right but he married into a family and now that he is you know a practicing catholic and active that's a, a really big family like there were six kids and they each each of the kids that's married and has kids has six kids. So it's pretty big. And they do like a full reenactment of like the Christmas story every every time, do like really? every Christmas Eve. And everybody has roles. And you know your role before you get there. Oh, oh my God. So, and you got to dress up. That's what? Pretty, and read. It's pretty and, good. Yeah. Oh, that's all out. Every I time. would, uh, me and my kids, we would start laughing and we would make oh, it yeah. through. There's just, oh, but they're there's serious. Just no way. Oh, it's and not like a lighthearted thing. It's I like mean, a, maybe I've never been, but he, the way he's described it, you need to get him to film it. And, he's taking pictures, and, but and do it. He's like they're they're into it. Oh, it's the whole thing. One of the things not to do. I think it's neat, um, but that is neat. You know, when we maybe experience loneliness at Christmas, maybe even if you're single, mainly if you're single, is a term called snow globing. Have you guys heard of this? No, <laughs> no. Okay, so snow globing is basically I'm gonna. I'm going to like, um, 
date someone just for Christmas so I don't feel alone. Oh. Okay. Like going to prom with a date. Gotcha. Well, you, well, you go to Christmas, but you get a present, you get uh, time with someone, companionship. And this is apparently a thing for a lot of like single folks out there. It's a good idea. It makes sense. Because what ends up happening is that you experience this loneliness. And this is what mm-hmm. I was talking about earlier is that we just want to replace that loneliness with something that we feel like is going to fix it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's going to, it's going to kind of put a bandaid on, on, on the pain of loneliness. You know, for me, a lot of years in the holidays, complete transparency, like I was not happy during the holidays, you know, just coming from a divorced home, you know, a lot of holidays were, there were mixed emotions around the holidays. Um, there wasn't always a lot of joy just cause it was just wonky as a kid going from different houses and, you know, so like when I got married and the holidays came, I just kind of assumed like no one was really happy over the holidays. They just kind of got through it, right? And that was not my wife's experience. And that's not the experience that God wants for us, right? So my band-aid was just to sort of isolate myself, just not engage in the like joy or happiness of the holidays, right? And that didn't work either. Like that doesn't go over well, particularly when you're married, <laughs> right? Um, and for for those folks, like in the holidays, like, particularly folks that are single, you know, I have compassion for those folks in the sense of like, it is normal to maybe experience some loneliness or some isolation. Well, what do we do? Snow globing is not going to fix the issue, you know, like dating someone just over Christmas to not feel alone and to get a gift. And, you know, because what happens January 1st, he's like, yeah, I don't want to date this guy or this girl. I just use them, you know, and then you, you know, break up and then you're right back where you started what fixes the loneliness? Like it, it really is like Adam, as you were talking, is like, this is a great year to minimize and to get rid of all the things that really distract us from the reality of Jesus. And those distractions don't always have to be physical distractions. They can be emotional distractions, right? Um, that, that keep us from really just clinging to Jesus and allowing Jesus to to really and truly be the one that fulfills us. That's what Christmas is all about, that he comes to fulfill us, right, to set us free, to get rid of our debt, our emotional and spiritual debt too, right, by the way. so <laughs> Mainly our emotions. <laughs> right. So Christ as the child, a child just warms our heart. When we're with a baby, And part of it is because there's such promise to a new life. When we meet someone who just started their life, innocent, young, we use these words, but I think at the heart of it, we see that there's such promise to this life. It could be anything, right? And the distractions around Christmas, I think we lose sight of the promise of the Christ child because God can do anything with my life. The image of Christ, the baby, that baby who can become anyone, reminds us that Christ is a person who lives in my life, and it gives us a sense of promise that, like, God can do anything with me. Like, I become a baby when I'm with a baby, you know? Like, I'm reminded of the human promise. And the fluff and distractions around Christmas keep us from seeing the value of the gift that's given to us in the promise of the Christ child. And it's not an accident that the first thing we do in our liturgical year is prepare to welcome a baby. Advent prepares us to welcome the baby, Jesus. And the first major spiritual event of our liturgical year is the birth of Christ. Like that's the first thing we're worried about. Preparing for, celebrating, 
letting that in because the rest of our year has such promise to it. And unless we get that message going into the new year, we're going to go in with despair, loneliness, anxiety, and lack a sense of hope and movement in our coming year. And every year, Christmas comes to us in a new way. And it's essential to Christmas to do the best with what you got. The Holy Family did the best with what they got. They had a cave, some animals, and a manger, and they just made it work. That's essential to Christmas. Mm. Christmas is not in the palace with the, with the nobility and the, the place settings. It can be. But it's essential to celebrate Christmas that you just make the best with what you got and who's there and what you have available to you. This is what St. Francis did. He couldn't go to the Holy Land, to Bethlehem, so he made a little crush where he was. And now we all do that, but it started with him just doing the, with the best of what he had. He had some wood and a heart full of love, and he made a, a little nativity scene. And now we all do that, right? So anyway, do the best of what you got. Realize the promise you have in Christ. Don't let the distractions void the promise for you. You know, this Sunday is the fourth Sunday of Advent, right? And we we enter into the season of Advent in the liturgical year, the beginning of our liturgical year, um, prepares us for Christmas. So it's not like we just show up, oh, it's Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's a preparation of our hearts and our minds to help us focus on Christmas. So on the fourth Sunday of Advent, like you show up for Mass, right? Like pay attention to what's going on because the gospel reading is it's the Annunciation, like the angel Gabriel appears to Mary and announces to her what's happening, that the Savior of the world is coming and that she is is going to conceive by the mm-hmm. power of the Holy Spirit. Pay attention to that reading, like the, re, the, the, the enormity of what's happening in that gospel reading, right? The, the life-changing proclamation of what's happening in that reading. So to, so to go to Mass and just be like, oh, I don't, I don't really know what happened. Like, what's happening is that the angel Gabriel is announcing to the Blessed Mother that Jesus is coming and she's going to conceive a son, right? Like, w- wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if <clears throat> allow your heart, because it's something I need to work on, is allowing my heart to be in awe and wonder of God. Right. And, and, and what's taking place. And I think oftentimes because, you know, I get lost in my own muck and my own distractions and my own worries and fears is what ends up happening is I, I lose sight of the awe and wonder of what God is doing and who God is. Right. And Christmas kind of pops us out of focusing on all the things that maybe distract us from that. Right. Um, and to simplify and to work with what we have, like you were talking about, Adam, the reality of Jesus, right? So pay attention this Sunday because, it, it, you know, it says the angel Gabriel was sent from God. I mean, just just that line in itself should make you, like, just be perplexed and your mind explode of what's happening there. Uh, to a town of Galilee called that, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph. We know the story, right? But when we hear it, why do, we, why do we hear this every year? Because it's, it's mind-blowing, right? The virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, so the angel appears to Mary and announces this, right? Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, which is beautiful, for you have been found favor with God, right? Um, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He just announces the whole story, like what, what's going to happen. 
Those, I'm sure Mary was feeling a lot of different emotions there, right? Um, but God had prepared her. She had had a long season of Advent where she was prepared for this moment. Certainly she was like, what? Uh, certainly maybe a little fear. Like, I don't know how, how, right? She even asked, how could this be? But she had had an Advent. God had prepared her since birth, right? <laughs> since conception for this moment. And here he was. Yeah, and she celebrated Advent by literally consecrating herself to the Lord, like giving her whole life, her whole self to him, and then prepared for the moment where literally all of salvation history came to a climax. Like, all of it. Right. That all the ups and downs, the whole drama of the Old Testament. Yeah. Well, and I love how you said uh, her consecration, her virginity, because, I mean, really biblically, I mean, in in our in our 21st century minds, when we hear the word virgin, we think very biologically, right. someone who has right. not had sexual relations. But the word biblically has more meaning than that. It's a young person, you know, um, a, a maiden, someone who's not yet begun their life, right? Like this idea of youth and vitality and purity uh, beyond just not having sex, right? So this, this idea that Mary is a virgin... She is young and youth and full of life. And it's from her life, from her virginity, that like Christ, who is also a virgin, by the way, who stays a virgin the rest of his life, this sense of like youth and vitality that we also see in the baby of Jesus. You know, so it's like Mary's preparation was this childlike faith and dependence on God that endured her whole life. She was a virgin her whole life, not just meaning she never had sex, meaning she was young, youthful of heart, blessed are the poor in spirit. She was poor, right? Like there's a certain, uh, the peacemakers will be called children of God. This is our blessed mother, young, full of life uh, and vitality. So is Christ. And the icon of that youthfulness that God can bring us is the baby of, of Jesus. And we, we prepare to welcome that. And I think, look, you bring up a great Paul, a great Paul, <laughs> great word, Paul. A great Paul point. A great, great Paul point. point. Maybe a word for everybody this Christmas is R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Mm. Respect. What do I mean by that? <laughs> That's how you Did spell you it. just <laughs> quote Aretha Franklin? I always do. You always do. Don't you? But what I mean by that is the word means to look again. And when things become familiar, we stop respecting them. Like when we hear that same gospel passage, see that same nativity scene, you know, do the same traditions do every year, we, we just stop looking at them, really. Respect means I'm going to look at you again. Like I respect what God has done in Jesus Christ to look at it as if it's the first time. Like right. take a look at it and to let the the bitterness or the resentment or the hardness, the oldness that our soul gains by living in this world, let it be shed away to look at it as if it's with child's eyes, as in young, vi- this youthful vitality that God can offer us. Um, respect Christmas. R-E-S-P-E-C-T, man. I, I mean... There we are, <laughs> quoting <laughs> the quote of the day, right? Saint Aretha Franklin. Well, not yet. Saint or is Are- she? Is she? She died. Is she blessed? Is she what, what is she now? Venerable. Is she? <laughs> well, if she's alive, we're she's joking. Just a person. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Servant of God. Uh, a lot of people have died in 2020. So, <laughs> oh, geez, I, they, they have. 
like a like it's been weird like a lot yeah i don't know if it's it's just because like no one has anything to do in 2020 but be on the internet but it's like all the oh, famous okay. people who have died you hear about it and like right. really like you know yeah I, eddie van halen i was at this year it was like i don't I know just so. you know sean connery yeah oh yeah, yeah like people like that you're like really man R.I.P. Respect. <laughs> Pay your respect. <laughs> Pay your respects. Uh, uh, so anyway, this, this went pretty south. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, leave it to you, man. You to know, just make it downhill. Yeah. Do you guys have any uh, fun or even serious traditions that help you guys as a family? We focus really on struggle Jesus? every year to focus on Christ and Christmas because of the busyness of everything, going from here to there. The keeping track of the gifts. I mean, we, we never bought extravagant gifts, but just keeping track. So one year we're like, forget all this. We just want to, so we told folks, we're not buying Christmas gifts for you. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> we're not doing it. And uh, I'm, we're not going to a million family gatherings. We're going to one, and then we're going to have something at our house for people that actually love Jesus. Because we, we just found it hard to talk about football and the economy on Christmas Day, and like that was my Christmas experience. And mm-hmm. I wanted, I wanted to actually talk about Jesus with people. Wow! So we picked a day and a time where we could have friends that love the Lord to come over, and let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. You know, let's sing some songs. And that together was one and year and one year only. <laughs> no, we've done it every year since, except for last year. We got sick, uh, COVID's this year, and we got a baby coming, so we won't do it again. But like next year, <laughs> I'm looking forward to we'll it. We'll get back to it. Yeah, but that's one thing we did. We just, we just intentionally. Now, we do buy gifts for people again, all right? So <laughs> took, took a year off. It didn't go too well. <laughs> we figured out how to do it, start early. Um, but, yeah, so that's one thing we've done is made sure – I think everybody could do that. Just make sure you have, like, a, a, a Christian gathering. If you come from a Christian home where people are going to talk about Jesus anyway, awesome, go for it. But if you don't and you get together with your extended family and you talk about, you know, not that, then throw a little party for, you know, your Christian friends. Yeah, that, that's a good idea. You know – the biggest Christian gathering you can go to is mass, you know, mm-hmm. and that's that's beauty. But one of the things that we decided years ago to do, because we were getting worn out over the holidays, and it's like, yeah, by the time Christmas is over, like, w- w- did we have Christmas, you know? Mm-hmm. So we decided not to travel for Christmas, that we would, um, you know, just kind of minimize, like, you know, the busyness, and, um, you know, so we'll... Kind of just stay in town at least for Christmas, and then if we do travel to see family who are out of town or whatever, it would be after Christmas, you know. So we we're home Christmas Eve, we go to mass, we we have Christmas morning. It's calm. We're not trying to pack up and mm-hmm. leave, yada yada. So that's helped us just to kind of just you know stay in the manger with Jesus for Christmas. Like just mm-hmm. you know he's not going anywhere. You know they were not yet traveling to Egypt. Right, like the chaos would happen after Christmas, the evacuation to Egypt. Um, so we have this short window, spiritually speaking, okay, to stay in the manger with Jesus. Like just stay put and just be with Jesus Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, and just just be with the baby Jesus and the beauty and the majesty and the calm and uh, of the manger before life just gets back to the chaos of evacuating, right? And they, you know, what's great about the Holy Family is that they experienced all that, right? The mm-hmm. peace, the tranquility of the manger, as well as the evacuation and the chaos to Egypt. 
Yeah, I'm and, sure they were pretty unconcerned with the situation they were in. They're like, oh, well, the baby's here. Like, no excuses now. Like, the baby's here. Right. And we're just going to, we're going to love the, like, we're going to love Jesus. And that's exciting. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the Christmas message, right? It's like, ah, uh, we, things happen, but we're just going to love Jesus. Yeah. And you guys, in a, in a real tangible way, will, you know, not on Christmas Day, but soon. Maybe. You guys, Maybe. wives are <laughs> For both expecting. The one thing about having a baby is like, for a couple of days of your life, like nothing else matters, mm-hmm. right? Work, you just don't go no matter what. You know, like if you have other kids, it's like you find people to take care of them. It's like, you know, for like two days, it's like, you know, there's a birth and you're just there with your your spouse, your wife and the baby. And it's just, it brings everything into perspective, right? And then it all gets back to, to chaos. <laughs> and for you, Chad, it's going to be well, learning life with a, with a family and your first child and, and the chaos of that. Adam, this new baby's just going to enter into the chaos of what's already there, right? With a, <laughs> with a bunch of kids, right? And, and, a, and a big family, which is good. And you, you guys are kind of used to it, but it, it will be a transition because anytime you bring in a new life into your world, it's like, oh yeah, there's, there's another person here, right? That we have to look after. And Jesus and Mary experienced that. And that's why... <clears throat> I think I talked about on the last show is that the thing about Advent and Christmas that's so beautiful is that it's so human. Mm-hmm. In our human spiritual walk, we can relate to the Holy Family because they experienced life the way we do, you know, experienced a birth, they experienced work, they experienced travel, they experienced the chaos, they experienced enemies, enemies, tense uh, situations. Yes. So, that's the beauty of what happens if when we can focus on that spiritually, there can be life changing things that happen internally for us. Right? So my invitation this week is to really imagine yourself in the manger journey with Jesus and Mary uh, and Joseph to Bethlehem and just stay in the manger over Christmas spiritually. Let your heart just kind of reside there uh, before you get back to the chaos of it all. All right, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you. Thanks for listening. We've talked about everything from Broncos to Aretha Franklin. Yep, not bad. And Jesus in I between. I bet you there. couldn't do that. Well, yeah. Jesus is between the Bronco and Aretha Franklin. <laughs> That's where he's at. Virtuous middle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, look, if you want a snow globe and listen to the Paul George show, get a date for an hour once a week at four, <laughs> hold hands and listen to the Paul George show. Yeah, we did get an email that someone wants to pick up the show in another region of the country. So, Which I don't understand, but okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you thanks, actually guys. want this on air? This is awesome. Over there? Um, okay, sure. Which, by the way, someone I asked me, that, you know, because the, the podcast is on... Um, iTunes and Google Play. Somebody asked if we can put it up on Spotify. I was like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess we figure that can. out. Yeah. Uh, producer chat. I think you I think it's monetized too. So like you make a little money every time somebody presses play. Yeah. It's pretty easy. Ooh. 
Yeah. Mm. See, you're getting old, uh, Adam. Um, yeah. Like you just felt a little bit your age because this was you, you know, five years ago. You're like, yeah, you can do that. That's Chad now. He's like, oh, yeah, of course you can do that. And you were like, I don't really know. See, you've done been passed up. That's why you move seats. Yep. It's humbling. I am where I should be. Yeah, exactly. It's the middle-aged man in the middle seat. Yeah, Aretha Franklin. I'm I don't know if you're middle-aged. Middle, you're the middle, in the middle of the ages. <laughs> exactly. I'm in the middle between you and you. Yeah, that's exactly. I'm middle-aged. Yes. Mm-hmm. Congrats. Yep. All right, why don't we do a uh, six-pack of questions? It's the best show ever. <laughs> it's a content everyone Question. has come for. Question number one. Um, so we started talking about a Bronco raffle for Catholic Radio. Uh, my first question is: You've been involved in, in Catholic Radio for a long time. You're, it, as far as the room goes, you're the veteran of involvement in this mission. Um, so my question is: Why? Why the mission of Catholic Radio? Why would someone support that? What most people don't realize is that Catholic Radio it's a nonprofit, you know, and so to keep you know going, um, we need donations, we need money, so. The, the Bronco raffle is a great way to, you know, build awareness, have a chance to win a Bronco and support the radio station. You know, we have sponsors for our shows and for the radio station, but that doesn't cover costs like things like, you know, tower space and things that most people probably, and before I got into radio, didn't know about what it would cost. You know, it costs to have a radio tower and to send your signal there and, you know, to have a building and a studio and equipment, all that stuff to operate, yada, yada. So... That's the beauty is like to keep the gospel on the airwaves. Um, you know, we need support. Have you, question number two, have you talked to anyone who's had conversions or changes of heart because of Catholic radio? Absolutely, I have. And actually, um, I have a, a friend, uh, a couple, a young couple who are getting married and, um, you know, through the process of, of them dating, he started listening to the show because she knew about it. And it's been like just great, like formation for him, like and other Catholic radio and podcasts and things like that. And, and you know, it was just, you know, someone saying, hey, listen to these things. These would be good. And and uh, it's kind of been like really good for him. But, you know, a lot of stories like that, not even just my show, but other shows where, you know, people and particularly in today's day and time, a lot of people listen to podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, um, when they're exercising, driving. You know, a lot of people don't always listen to the radio. They want to listen to what they want with, you know, at that time. So, um, you know, that's technology today, which is cool. Question number three, this is a tough time for singles, and you kind of brought that up. And singles often feel overlooked by the church when it comes to ministry and outreach. And because they just have a, particular need and particular situation so looking ahead to christmas what would you say to to a listener who you know the holidays seem like a lonely time for them um what are some ways they can connect with the lord maybe for the first time this year uh in their singlehood like to kind of discover the beauty of of their life yeah what i would say is that you're not alone i mean we all experience loneliness you can experience loneliness even in marriage you know Mm -hmm. particularly because Jesus is the only one that can really fulfill our deepest longing. And we look for someone else or something else to fulfill it. It, it It's sort of empty. Now, you know, the holidays is different. We maybe spend time with our spouse or our family. But, you know, for single folks, I would just say, like, one is lean in heavy to your faith, right? 
um, be around friends and community. Like you said, Adam, like y'all just started doing a community gathering of people who were in common with, with you guys. Um, so you could focus on Christmas, right? Um, lean in heavy to community with the intention of just friendship, right? Not snow globing, not, Hey, I, I want, you know, these people to fulfill or this person to fulfill my, my need. So lean in heavy to your faith, lean in heavy to community and, and be around your family. So don't isolate yourself. Um, and sort of feel sorry for yourself in the holidays. We can all feel sorry for, I could pick something right now that I could feel sorry for myself this holiday. Right. Go ahead. <laughs> Question number four. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, no, I'm just joking. Uh, it's not a real thing. No, I mean, I, you know, I can, I could, I can compare my life to other people, and you know how much stuff that they might have, or you know what it looks like for them, and I can just focus on on that, and 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 just really start to feel sorry for myself and what I don't have, and you know, like we can all do that in some way, shape, or form. So, um, I'm. I want to encourage people to just lean in hard and heavy to Jesus. Awesome. Question number four. You uh, mentioned that Christmas and the holidays were like a joyless time. I don't know if you care to elaborate on like how you overcame that. So, I mean, I don't know if it was just Jesus' birthday cakes or other things. You know, it was really the acknowledgement of the wound and the gap. Mm. And once I was aware of it, and acknowledged it and was honest and upfront with it, then I can begin to pray and ask the Lord for healing, you know, and mm-hmm. really just, you know, not look for my wife to, to heal me or my kids or the birthday cake or a present, uh, but ask the Lord to, to, to really be the one who um, initiates the healing in my life so I can experience joy in the holidays. And over time that has happened, you know? Um, so, you know, the holidays do have a way of sort of bringing up some of our wounds and our brokenness, mm-hmm. you know. And what I would say in my experience is don't ignore those. Use them as an opportunity for the baby Jesus, the Christ, to to be the one to come into your life and heal those those wounds, those, those, that loneliness, that brokenness, whatever it is. Question number five. So 2020 has been a year where anxiety and um, all the mental things are larger than normal. And so, like you said, this comes out around the holidays and certain wounds come out. So a lot of us have hurt each other this year. Um, spouses have hurt each other. Parents have hurt kids. Kids have hurt parents, um, siblings, because of the stress of what's going on. So talk to me a little bit about the forgiveness that Christmas might offer us. Like, how do we go about that act of, of forgiving and reconciling um, around this time of year? Well, someone in your home, I think it would be great to just sit down with them and say, I'm sorry, you know, and be specific. You always say when you apologize or you ask forgiveness, be specific of what you're apologizing for. It's not just, hey, I'm sorry. Do you forgive me? What You're sorry for what? I want to apologize for, you know, the way I've been treating you and using these words or saying this or whatever it is, you know, be specific and then ask for forgiveness. Be humble, you know. If it's maybe a family member where that's more difficult outside of your home or travel, write them a letter, you know, or, or an email and be specific. And don't, you know, the thing about forgiveness is it's you're you can't do it with expecting something in return. You know, that person may need time, you know, to sit with it or they may not forgive you. But forgiveness is really about setting yourself free and allowing God to set you free of making amends of what you've done wrong and 
putting it out there, you know, and whether or not that person receives it or not, that's up to them. But, you know, so if there is been some damage this year or reconciliation needs to happen, that's a great point, Adam. I think I would encourage you absolutely to do that. Mm -hmm. Quick question number six, what's on your Christmas list this year? My Christmas list, I'm, I'm, you know, money, anytime. (laughs) (laughs) No, Uh, I really, I never make a Christmas list. Um, I'm just not, I'm not a big, I don't know. Like I just, I, I don't know, but I'm a sucker for shoes. I saw that you have great shoes on today. I am. Like if someone gave me like, yeah, clothes or shoes, like I always like that stuff. But I like like socks and underwear for Christmas. Thanks. (laughs) I don't know. Like you're going to get so many. I mean, unless someone wants to like (laughs) buy me like a hunting camp or like a bass boat. I was going to get you this car, but you said you wanted shoes. But, <laughs> you know, you know, like, you know, like I kind of like that's where, you know, it was like, oh, you really want to buy me a gift? That's what I'm thinking about. So, oh, yeah. like, if we want to just kind of tone that down a little, mm-hmm. hey, like clothes. I'll take shoes, shoes or a camp. A gift card. Yeah. So shoes or a camp. Like, shoes, socks, or a hunting camp. <laughs> Thanks. One yeah. of those. Or Aretha Franklin album. So, <laughs> or Aretha Franklin. Yeah. Exactly. So great show today. I, I think uh, we were all over the place, but that's what the show's all about. We did like the best with what we could. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in the Christmas spirit. So we're do, in our own little manger. Yeah. Share the show for the holidays. We'll make you laugh. People um, will tell you it is the best Christmas gift you can give them, the Paul George show. <laughs> <laughs> and go that to Bronco, and a Bronco you, raffle ticket. You could <laughs> uh, give someone a Bronco raffle ticket for yeah. the holidays. So anyway... Thank you, guys. Have a great Christmas next week, and uh, we'll see you when we come back for our next show. God bless. We'll talk to you later.